Just let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. Praise the Lord. And I believe that He is a prayer answering God. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It feels a bit hotter in here than normal. Is it just, no, it's not just me. Oh, we got those air cons going. But, uh, whew, anyway, praise the Lord. Maybe it's just the fire of the Holy Spirit this morning, huh? Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. And what a privilege we have to worship Jesus, amen. What a privilege we have to live for Him. To be able to serve Him, amen. Praise the Lord. I want to preach for a little while this morning. I won't preach too long today. I don't believe. We'll see what God does, amen. But again, I am preaching for a response, amen. Preaching is very different to public speaking. We're not up here delivering a speech. We preach because we want you to respond to the Word of God. If you want to hear a nice speech... Go to Canberra. There's lots of politicians who give lots of nice speeches down there. But here, we want to respond to God's Word. Amen. That's why we come. Our lives, our hearts to be changed. We want to become more like Jesus. Amen. So today, I'm preaching for people who want to be changed. Amen. If you got your Bibles, would you grab them? Turn with me to the book of Jude. Second to last book in the Bible. So the one chapter. So we're gonna read verse three and verse four. It's good to see everyone that's here today, amen. If you're visiting with us, we're glad that you've chosen to be here today. And uh, there's no better place in Cairns to be than in God's presence, especially on a Sunday, amen. I mean, I think there's no better place to be in Cairns than God's presence every day of the week, but. Sunday is kind of the day we set aside to be with the Lord, amen. Jude chapter 1, read verse 3, excuse me, say amen when you're there, says this, beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly, everyone say contend. Contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men, who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to preach for a few minutes this morning on contending for the faith. Contending for the faith. Amen. Would you put your Bibles down, put your phones down. Let's close our eyes and let's just thank the Lord for what he's done so far. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for what you've done. We thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you, Lord, that we can serve you. Father, as we open up your word, I pray it would speak to my heart. It would speak to the hearts of those who listen, Lord God, that we would respond, Lord God, that we would contend for the faith that was delivered to us, Lord. We love you. We praise you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
Everyone says amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The book of Jude is one of the latest books in the Bible. In other words, what we mean by that is we're saying that it's one of the last books that were written in the Bible. There's a little bit of debate amongst scholars, but most scholars say that it was written around A.D. 68, okay? About A.D. 68. So that puts it about 35 to 40 years after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, after the book of Acts, after Acts chapter 2, about 35 to 40 years, the book of Jude was written. And it seems that in this very short time, because 35 years is a very short time, in this short time, Jude was writing to the church and he was warning them that they were in danger. He was warning them that there were certain false teachers who had crept in. These false teachers, he said, they were turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. So in other words, they were saying, you can do whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter, however you want to live your life, because we live in grace. You don't have to answer to God now. So just live however you want to live. You can live immorally, you can live in sin, you can do whatever you want to do, because we live in grace. And they were claiming that they could do this because grace was a free gift from God. God gave you grace. So you could just do what you want. This was the false doctrine that was being preached in the church just 35 to 40 years after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And Jude is sounding the alarm to the church. He's saying, it's time to wake up. It's time to pay attention. It's time to get going. He's saying, my brothers, my sisters, we are in a fight. And we have to contend for what we believe in. We have to contend for the faith. As we consider the world around us, as we consider what is going on in the globe, in geopolitics, in religious circles, in society and culture in general, we seem to be sleepwalking into eternity. Our world seems to be blissfully unaware of what's going on. Oh, there might be some people who are concerned, but they don't see the bigger picture. They don't see what's happening in the supernatural. And it seems to me that when we look around and consider what we see, it seems that more than ever before, we are living in the last days. We are living in the days that Paul warned Timothy about, that men would be lovers of their own souls. Jealous, blasphemers, boasters. We live in those days, church. Don't let anyone trick you. We live in the last days. And when I look around, I see many people who want to love God and many people who genuinely love God. And they want to serve Him and they want to live for Him. But it seems like people these days, they just don't want to contend. They want to live for God. They want to serve God. But they don't want to contend. There is a spirit of ease that begins to creep into people. You know, I'm just happy going to church once a week, doing what I do, singing my songs, being involved, helping out where I can help out. But, 
you know, not, nothing beyond that really. It's just Sunday is my church God day kind of thing. And the rest of the week I can kind of just do whatever. You know, they're happy kind of just living the faith of the church or living the faith of the organization or living the faith of their pastor or living the faith of their youth leader or, or of their parents or, or of their tradition. Well, my parents always came to this church, so that's why I come to this church. And there is a growing belief in Christendom that we can just live our life the way we choose to live. But Jude is telling us, brothers and sisters, that we need to contend for the faith. Turn to the person next to you say, contend. Contend for the faith. The word contend, it doesn't mean to fight. The word contend means to struggle. It means to wrestle. It means to grapple. It means you're up close and you're personal with it and you can see your faith right in the eyes. It means, brothers and sisters, when you contend for your faith, you never, ever let it go. Hallelujah. To contend for your faith is hard work. To contend is not easy because it's easy to hurt and it's easy to be hurt when you are contending for your faith. But to contend for the faith means you've got to wrestle with it. You've got to get up close and personal with your faith. It's got to be your faith. And you've got to hold on to it. Because the faith, hallelujah, that you are contending for, it's not the faith of your pastor. It's not the faith of the organization. It's not the faith of your parents. It's your faith. And you've got to wrestle with it. You've got to wrestle with it. And if it is to be your faith, then brothers and sisters, that means you have to get a hold of it. Nobody else is going to wrestle with your faith for you. No, you've got to get a hold of it. My friends, hear me now. It doesn't matter if I believe that Jesus is coming back, if you don't believe that Jesus is coming back. It doesn't matter if the church teaches you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus, if you don't see the need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. It's not enough that your pastor believes there's one God. Do you believe that there is one God today? You cannot let it go. You cannot give it up. You cannot sacrifice it. you got to contend for it. For it. You got to hold on to it. And let me tell you, it's going to seem like hard work. When you contend for your faith, brothers and sisters, it's going to seem like hard work. It's going to seem like a battle sometimes. It's going to seem like a struggle to hold on. And you know, there's going to be people out there who will criticize you and insult you for what you stand for and what you believe in. But brothers and sisters, hear me now. You've got to get something in your spirit that says, I'm not going to let go of what God has given to me. I'm not going to let it go, and I'm not going to give it up, and I'm not going to back down on what I believe in. We've got to get something that says, I'm not going to walk away from my faith. I'm not going to lay it down on the altar of convenience no I'm gonna contend for my faith oh praise you Jesus someone shout hallelujah we got to contend for our faith you cannot just rely on the pastor you cannot just rely on your parents you cannot just rely on your kids you cannot just rely on your family but you have to contend for your faith on January the 5th, 1967, U.S. President Ronald Reagan, in his inaugural address, he said this, quote, 
Freedom is a fragile thing, and it is never more than one generation away from extinction. It is not ours by inheritance. It must be fought for and defended constantly by each generation, for it comes only once to a people. And in his letter to the church, it seems like Jude is substituting the word truth for freedom. He's saying truth is never more than one generation away from extinction. Truth is not ours just because we inherited. No. Truth has to be fought for by you and by me. Truth has to be defended by each generation that lives because our freedom, our spiritual freedom right now is a fragile thing and if we stop contending for the faith and we lay down and die because we can't be bothered putting up with criticism and we can't be bothered going through some hardship and we can't be bothered getting out of bed and getting ready and serving the kingdom of God and living our faith on display brothers and sisters freedom and truth will be extinct and we will lose it and so Jude is saying, we've got to fight for it. He's saying, it's just been a short time since Jesus ascended into the clouds. It's just a short time since the day of Pentecost. It was just a couple months ago that the Apostle Paul said, I have fought a good fight. Henceforth is laid up for me a crown of glory in heaven. And then he went to the executioner's block for what he believed in. And Jude is saying, you mean to tell me right now you're giving up? You're listening to those false teachers. You're not contending for the faith. He's saying, my brothers, my sisters, hear me now. There is not going to be a new truth. There's not going to be some new revelation. He's saying the truth was once for all delivered to the saints. Brothers and sisters, let me assure you right now, you are not going to wake up some morning and find out that what you've been believing in is false. It's not going to happen. Jesus is not going to suddenly go, surprise, here's a new doctrine I forgot to tell you about. By the way, I forgot to mention you all need to do this now. No, it's not going to happen. Why? Jude writes, he says, the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. He's telling we've got to earnestly contend for what has already been delivered. Hallelujah. He said, you're not going to find anything in this letter that's going to give you some new revelation. I'm not going to write to you at some data with some new idea or new philosophy that you got to follow. No, he's saying this is the faith. This is it. And if you leave it, if you don't contend for it, you're gone, you've lost, you've missed out. Paul writes to the church of Galatians, he says, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than what I have preached unto you, let him be accursed. He says in the very next verse, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. My brothers, my sisters, Young people, old people, hear me now. This gospel that we preach, the message that we stand on, the faith that we are living out every day, this is it. And it's a faith that was delivered on the cross of Calvary. It's a faith that was established on an empty tomb. And it's a faith that was kindled into fire on the day of Pentecost. And yet, in the book of Jude, just one generation, one generation, and they were already being deceived by false teachers who had crept into the church. 
And Jude is saying to the church, contend for it. Fight for it. Make it your faith because it's not going to change. And it's worth contending for. Woo, praise you, Jesus. What am I saying to you today? Brothers and sisters, the truth that we stand for in this church, it goes back far further than the people who are here today. It goes back further than when this church was founded. It goes back further than the coming of the light in the Torres Strait Islands. It goes back further than when the gospel was first preached in Australia. It goes all the way back 2,000 years ago. It's the same faith that was delivered to the saints. That Jesus died on a cross for our sins. That he was buried. And then three days later, hallelujah, he walked victoriously out of the grave paying the price for your sin and my sin and establishing a new and better covenant that's the faith that we stand for and if we stop contending for it brothers and sisters if we stop contending for it we will lose what we have my friends generation after generation after generation, through intense persecution and intense rejection and martyrdom and death, they have carefully preserved this truth and they have handed it down to you and to me. And it is a truth that has existed for generations and it's priceless. And it's worth fighting for. It's worth contending for. And my friends, it falls upon you and me here and now to take up the torch of our faith from those who have gone before us. Because you know, that generation's going to pass away. Young people, I'm going to pass away. Will you take up my torch after I drop it? This is serious. It falls upon us. Your pastor's not going to be here forever. Your leadership team is not going to be here forever. We have inherited this truth, but my friends, we have to fight for it. We have to defend for it. And my question is, is will you carry the truth onwards to the next generation? So my question is, what do we need to do about it then? How do we contend for the faith? How do we make sure it's our faith? Jude gives us the answer in your Bibles. Jude, skip down to verse 20. Jude writes this. He says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. My friends, the first thing we've got to do is we have to build up ourselves on our most holy holy faith. It doesn't say build up yourself on your pastor's faith. It doesn't say build up yourself on your church's faith, your organization's faith, your parents' faith, your grandparents' faith. No, it's saying build yourself up on your most holy faith. It's got to be your faith. You cannot rely on what others believe about Jesus. You cannot build on my relationship with God. I wish to God that we could. Can you imagine how many people would be saved if one person could do it? But you know what? God already did that for us on Calvary. One person took the weight of sin for all mankind and opened up the door. But you've got to walk through that door. Your parents can't walk through the door for you. Your grandparents can't walk through the door for you. Your brother, your sister can't walk through the door for you. Your pastor can't walk through that door for you. You've got to do it. You cannot build your faith on your pastor's faith. 
it's got to be your faith. It's got to be what you believe. Because this means when you have had an experience with God for yourself, when it's your faith, when the devil attacks the life that you are building, you can stand strong knowing, no, 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 no. I have built this foundation. This foundation was built on my tears, my blood, my sweat. I've given my life for my faith. This is what I stand for. And the devil will not be able to take you out. You can stand strong knowing that you have a solid foundation of faith. The second thing, found in the same verse, we need to be praying in the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, we need to be full of the Holy Ghost. We need to be full of the Holy Ghost. You know, the Bible says in John 7, 37, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He who believes on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. I think sometimes the reason we struggle to contend for the faith is that we allow the Holy Spirit reservoir, as it were, to get a little bit low in our life. You know, we get a little clogged up with the cares of this world, the cares of this life, things going on, and God's Spirit is hindered in our life. This is why Jude says, no, 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 you've got to make sure that you're praying in the Holy Spirit. You've got to allow the Spirit to move and to flow in your life, uh, to be a river of living water flowing out and abundant, never-ending, constantly moving, always refreshing. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Today, if you have not been filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit, then you can receive it today. Amen. The promise, the Bible says, is unto you and to your children, and to all who are afar off. This morning I said you can be baptized in Jesus' name. Today I'm saying you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you haven't done either of those, you can get them both done today. You can be filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And because we need to not just live in the Spirit, but we also need to walk in the Spirit. This is why we need God's Spirit to flow. You know, God's Spirit makes us alive. It's the earnest of our inheritance, the Bible says. It's like the down payment of what we're going to get when we get to heaven. Amen? But it's not just to bring us to life again. It is to flow, to allow us to walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.25 tells us this. It says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, hear me now. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to have control over our lives, over every day of the week. Jesus needs to affect our thinking. He needs to affect our attitude. He needs to affect our mindset, our actions, our relationships. Our entire life needs to be affected by the Holy Spirit. That's why it's got to flow. That's why it's got to be a river. Because if it's dammed up, it's not going to help you in life. It's not going to be there when you've got a family crisis going on. No, you've blocked it up. We need the river to flow. We need the Holy Spirit. The third thing. The third thing, we need to keep ourselves in the love of God. Jude said that in the very next verse, I think it is. Keeping ourselves in the love of God. We shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25 tells us, it says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see 
the day approaching. Brothers and sisters, church is important. Gathering together is important. Corporate worship, lifting our hands together is important. Hearing the word of God preached to our souls is important. Being in God's presence on a Sunday is important. And the first thing the devil will do is say, don't worry about that. It's okay. You've got some other priorities that you need to take care of. You've got to go do that first. And then you can do the church thing. And that's exactly what the devil wants. But we cannot, we cannot, we cannot forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Finally, Jude says, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto our eternal life, unto eternal life. Brothers and sisters, remember that the faith that we are fighting for, it is priceless. It is worth fighting for. It is worth contending for. You know what? And sometimes that can make this life seem a little hard. But even this life is worth living because of what Jesus did for us. We sing an old song, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. This life is worth living because he lives. Amen. We have a great prize awaiting for us. Brothers and sisters, I can't wait for eternity. I can't wait to see what heaven's like. I can't wait to be in his presence. I can't wait to worship around the throne. I can't wait to join in the song they're already singing up there. Hallelujah. Because it's a great prize. But to get it, i got to contend for my faith. And you got to contend for your faith. Brothers and sisters, one day that trumpet will sound. Time for the church will be drawn to an end. And we will be on our way to heavenly rewards. So keep your focus on the eternal, not on things that will, won't last. Because Jesus is coming back soon. And in the meantime, while we wait, we keep busy. We contend. We fight. We stand for what we believe in. Because if God tarries, there's going to be another generation. that's going to need to know what it means to be apostolic. There's going to be another generation that needs to know the truth of baptism in Jesus' name. There's going to be another generation that needs to know the revelation of Jesus Christ, the mighty God. Hallelujah. And it is our holy duty that as long as there is another generation to come to pass the truth on to the next generation. Because I do not want to be a part of the generation that lets the truth die. I hope you're like me. You want to contend for the faith. As we all stand this morning, as we get ready to respond to the word of the Lord, today perhaps... You haven't quite come to grips with what you believe in or how you even ended up in church. Maybe you don't even exactly know this faith. Or maybe you don't exactly know why you're contending for it. Or maybe God is speaking to you right now and saying, come on, brother. Come on, sister. You haven't really been contending like I know you can. You're kind of just ambling on through life. Maybe you never realize that you've got to make your own mind up too, young person. Maybe you thought church was just a tradition. You know what we're going to do this morning? I'd like us all to come to the front. Can we do that?